0: Hello, ladies and gentlemen, this is Tim Ferriss, author of The 4-Hour Workweek, The 4-Hour Body, The 4-Hour Chef, Tribe of Mentors, and just like the name of this podcast, Tools of Titans. This is a short-form podcast, most episodes just 10 to 30 minutes long, where I'll be sharing actionable tips from Tools of Titans which is a compilation of my favorite habits, routines, and tactics shared with me by world-class performers across nearly every field imaginable. After years in the making, the audiobook version of Tools of Titans is finally available, and you can download it at audible.com Ferris, F-E-R-R-I-S-S. The lessons in Tools of Titans have made me happier and healthier. They have made me more effective and literally saved me years Of wasted effort and frustration. In short, they've changed my life. And the hope is that through both the audiobook and now this podcast, they help change yours. Please enjoy this episode. And if you'd like to listen to the other 100 plus profiles and chapters from Tools of Titans, please check out audible.com forward slash Ferris. Thanks for listening. Derek
1: Sivers. Derek Sivers. Twitter, Facebook at Sivers, Sivers. Sivers. Sivers.org is one of my favorite humans, and I often call him for advice. Think of him as a philosopher king programmer, master teacher, and merry prankster. Originally a professional musician and circus clown, he did the latter to counterbalance being introverted, Derek created CD Baby in 1998. It became the largest seller of independent music online, with $100 million in sales for 150,000 musicians. In 2008, Derek sold CD Baby for $22 million, giving the proceeds to a charitable trust for music education. He is a frequent speaker at TED conferences, with more than 5 million views of his talks. In addition to publishing 33 books via his company, Wood Egg, he is the author of Anything You Want, a collection of short-life lessons that I've read at least a dozen times. I still have an early draft
2: with highlights and notes. Behind the Scenes Derek has read, reviewed, and rank-ordered 200-plus books at Sivers.org forward slash books. They're automatically sorted from best to worst. He is a huge fan of Charlie Munger, Warren Buffett's business partner, and introduced me to the book Seeking Wisdom from Darwin to Munger by Peter Bevelin. He read Awaken the Giant Within by Tony Robbins when he was 18, and it changed his life. I posted the following on Facebook while writing this chapter. I might need to do a second volume of my next book 100% dedicated to the knowledge bombs of Derek Sivers. So much good stuff. Hard to cut. The most upvoted comment was from Kevin O, who said, Put a link to the podcast and have them listen. It's less than two hours, and it will change their life. Tim, you and Derek got me from call center worker to location-independent freelancer with more negotiation power for income and benefits than I previously imagined. You both also taught me the value of enough and contentment and appreciation, as well as achievement. That made my week, and I hope this makes yours. 4 forward slash Derek. If more information was the answer, then we'd all be billionaires with perfect abs. Tim Ferriss, it's not what you know, it's what you do consistently. How to thrive in an unknowable future? Choose the plan with the most options. The best plan is the one that lets you change your plans. Tim Ferriss, This is one of Derek's directives, which are his one-line rules for life, distilled from hundreds of books and decades of lessons learned. Others include, be expensive, expect disaster, and own as little as possible. Who do you think of when you hear the word successful? Quote, the first answer to any question isn't much fun because it's just automatic. What's the first painting? That comes to mind. Mona Lisa. Name a genius. Einstein. Who's a composer? Mozart. This is the subject of the book Thinking Fast and Slow by Daniel Kahneman. There's the instant, unconscious, automatic thinking, and then there's the slower, conscious, rational, deliberate thinking. I'm really, really into the slower thinking, breaking my automatic responses to the things in my life and slowly thinking through a more deliberate response instead. Then, for the things in life where an automatic response is useful, I can create a new one consciously. What if you asked, when you think of the word successful, who's the third person that comes to mind? Why are they actually more successful than the first person that came to mind? In that case, the first would be Richard Branson, because he's the stereotype. He's like the Mona Lisa of success to me. Honestly, you might be my second answer, but we could talk about that a different time. My third and real answer, after thinking it through, is that we can't know without knowing a person's aims. What if Richard Branson set out to live a quiet life, but like a compulsive gambler, he just can't stop creating companies? Then that changes everything and we can't call him successful anymore, End quote. Tim Ferriss, this is genius. Ricardo Semler, CEO and majority owner of the Brazil-based Semco Partners, practices asking why three times. This is true when questioning his own motives or when tackling big projects. The rationale is identical to Derek's. For people starting out, say yes. When Derek was 18, he was living in Boston attending the Berklee College of Music. Quote, I'm in this band where the bass player one day in rehearsal says, hey man, my agent just offered me this gig. It's like $75 to play at a pig show in Vermont. He rolls his eyes and he says, I'm not going to do it. Do you want the gig? I'm like, fuck yeah, a paying gig? Oh my God, yes. So I took the gig to go up to Burlington, Vermont, and I think it was a $58 round trip bus ticket. I get to this pig show, I strap my acoustic guitar on, and I walked around a pig show playing music. I did that for about three hours and took the bus home. And the next day, the booking agent called me up and said, hey, yeah. So you did a really good job at the pig show. So many opportunities and 10 years of stage experience came from that one piddly little pig show. When you're earlier in your career, I think the best strategy is to just say yes to everything. Every little gig, you just never know what are the lottery tickets, end quote. The standard pace is for chumps, quote, Kimo Williams is this large black man, a musician who attended Berkeley School of Music and then stayed there to teach for a while. What he taught me got me to graduate in half the time it would normally take. He said, I think you can graduate Berkeley School of Music in two years instead of four. The standard pace is for chumps. The school has to organize its curricula around the lowest common denominator so that almost no one is left out. They have to slow down so everybody can catch up. But, he said, you're smarter than that. He said, I think you could just buy the books for those, skip the classes, and then contact the department head to take the final exam to get credit, end quote. Don't be a donkey. Tim, what advice would you give to your 30-year-old self? Derek, don't be a donkey. Tim, and what does that mean? Derek, well... I meet a lot of 30-year-olds who are trying to pursue many different directions at once, but not making progress in any, right? They get frustrated that the world wants them to pick one thing because they want to do them all. Why do I have to choose? I don't know what to choose. But the problem is, if you're thinking short-term, then you act as though if you don't do them all this week, they won't happen. The solution is to think long-term to realize that you can do one of these things for a few years and then do another one for a few years and then another. You've probably heard the fable, I think it's Buridan's ass, about a donkey who is standing halfway between a pile of hay and a bucket of water. He just keeps looking left to the hay and right to the water trying to decide. Hay or water, hay or water. He's unable to decide, so he eventually falls over and dies of both hunger and thirst. A donkey can't think of the future. If he did, he'd realize he could clearly go first to drink the water, then go eat the hay. So my advice to my 30-year-old self is, don't be a donkey. You can do everything you want to do. You just need foresight and patience. Business models can be simple. You don't need to constantly pivot. Derek tells the story of the sophisticated origins of CD Baby's business model and pricing. Quote, I was living in Woodstock, New York at the time, and there was a cute tiny record store in town that sold consignment CDs of local musicians on the counter. So I walked in there one day and I said, Hey, how does it work if I want to sell my CD here? And she said, Well, you set the selling price at whatever you want. We just keep a flat $4 per CD sold and then just come by every week and we'll pay you. So I went home to my new website that night and wrote, you set your selling price at what you want. We'll just keep a flat $4 per CD sold and we'll pay you every week. And then I realized that it took about 45 minutes for me to set up a new album into the system because I had to lay the album art on the scanner Photoshop it and crop it, fix the musician's spelling mistakes in their own bio, and all that kind of stuff. I thought, 45 minutes of my time, that's worth about $25. That shows you what I was valuing my time at in those days. So I'll charge a $25 setup fee to sign up for this thing, and then, ooh, in my head, $25 and $35 don't feel very different when it comes to cost. $10 is different, and $50 is different, but... $25, $35, $25, $35, that occupies the same space in the mind. So you know what? I'm going to make it $35, and that will let me give anyone a discount anytime they ask. If somebody's on the phone and upset, I'll say, you know what? Let me give you a discount. So I added in that little buffer so I could give people a discount, which they love. So $35 setup fee, $4 per CD sold, and then, Tim, for the next 10 years, that was it. That was my entire business model generated in five minutes by walking down to the local record store and asking what they do, end quote. Once you have some success, if it's not a hell yes, it's a no. This mantra of Derek's quickly became one of my favorite rules of thumb, and it led me to take an indefinite startup vacation starting in late 2015. I elaborate on this later, but here's the origin story. Quote, It was time to book the ticket for a trip he'd committed to long ago, and I was thinking, Ugh, I don't really want to go to Australia right now. I'm busy with other stuff. I was on the phone with my friend Amber Rubarth, who's a brilliant musician, and I was lamenting about this. She's the one who pointed out, It sounds like from where you are, your decision is not between yes and no. You need to figure out whether you're feeling like fuck yeah or no. Because most of us say yes to too much stuff, and then we let these little mediocre things fill our lives. The problem is when that occasional oh my God, hell yeah thing comes along, you don't have enough time to give it the attention that you should because you've said yes to too much other little half ass stuff, Right. Once I started applying this, my life just opened up, end quote. Busy equals out of control. Quote, every time people contact me, they say, look, I know you must be incredibly busy. And I always think, no, I'm not. Because I'm in control of my time. I'm on top of it. Busy to me seems to imply out of control, like, oh my God, I'm so busy. I don't have any time for this shit. To me, that sounds like a person who's got no control over their life, end quote. Tim Ferriss. Lack of time is lack of priorities. If I'm busy, it is because I've made choices that put me in that position. So I've forbidden myself to reply to, How are you, with busy. I have no right to complain. Instead, if I'm too busy, it's a cue to re examine my systems and rules. What would you put on a billboard? Quote I really admire those places like Vermont and Sao Paulo, Brazil, that ban billboards, but I know that wasn't really what you were asking, so my better answer is, I think I would make a billboard that says, it won't make you happy, and I would place it outside any big shopping mall or car dealer. You know what would be a fun project, actually, to buy and train thousands of parrots to say, it won't make you happy, and then let them loose in the shopping malls and superstores around the world. That's my life mission. Anybody in? Anybody with me? Let's do it. End quote take 45 minutes instead of 43. Is your red face worth it? Quote, I've always been very type A, so a friend of mine got me into cycling when I was living in LA. I lived right on the beach in Santa Monica where there's this great bike path in the sand that goes for, I think, 25 miles. I'd go onto the bike path and I would go head down and push it, just red-faced huffing all the way pushing it as hard as I could, I would go all the way down to one end of the bike path and back and then head home. And I'd set my little timer when doing this. I noticed it was always 43 minutes. That's what it took me to go as fast as I could on that bike path. But I noticed that over time, I was starting to feel less psyched about going out on the bike path because mentally, when I would think of it, it would feel like pain and hard work. So then I thought, You know, it's not cool for me to associate negative stuff with going on the bike ride. Why don't I just chill? For once, I'm going to go on the same bike ride, and I'm not going to be a complete snail, but I'll go at half of my normal pace. I got on my bike, and it was just pleasant. I went on the same bike ride, and I noticed that I was standing up and I was looking around more. I looked into the ocean, and I saw there were these dolphins jumping in the ocean, And I went down to Marina del Rey to my turnaround point, and I noticed in Marina del Rey that there was a pelican that was flying above me. I looked up. I was like, hey, a pelican, and he shit in my mouth. So the point is, I had such a nice time. It was purely pleasant. There was no red face. There was no huffing. And when I got back to my usual stopping place, I looked at my watch, and it said 45 minutes I thought, how the hell could that have been 45 minutes as opposed to my usual 43? There's no way. But it was right. 45 minutes. That was a profound lesson that changed the way I've approached my life ever since. We could do the math, but whatever. 93-something percent of my huffing and puffing and all that red face and all that stress was only for an extra two minutes. It was basically for nothing. So, for life... I think of all of this maximization, getting the maximum dollar out of everything, the maximum out of every second, the maximum out of every minute. You don't need to stress about any of this stuff. Honestly, that's been my approach ever since. I do things, but I stop before anything gets stressful. You notice this internal, ah? that's my cue. I treat that like physical pain. What am I doing? I need to stop doing that thing that hurts. What is that? And it usually means that I'm just pushing too hard or doing things that I don't really want to be doing, end quote. On lack of morning routines, quote, not only do I not have morning rituals, but there's really nothing that I do every day except for eating or some form of writing. Here's why. I get really, really, really into one thing at a time. For example, a year ago, I discovered a new approach to programming my PostgreSQL database that made all of my code a lot easier. I spent five months, every waking hour, just completely immersed in this one thing. Then, after five months, I finished that project. I took a week and I went hiking in Milford Sound in New Zealand, totally offline. When I got back from that, I was so zen nature boy that I spent the next couple of weeks just reading books outside, End quote. What's something you believe that other people think is crazy? Quote, oh, that's easy. I've got a lot of unpopular opinions. I believe alcohol tastes bad and so do olives. I've never tried coffee, but I don't like the smell. I believe all audiobooks should be read and recorded by people from Iceland because they've got the best accent. I believe it would be wonderful to move to a new country every six months for the rest of my life. I believe you shouldn't start a business unless people are asking you to. I believe I'm below average. It's a deliberate, cultivated belief to compensate for our tendency to think we're above average. I believe the movie Scott Pilgrim vs. The World is a masterpiece. I believe that music and people don't mix, that music should be appreciated alone without seeing or knowing who the musicians are and without other people around. Just listening to music for its own sake, not listening to the people around you and not filtered through what you know about the musician's personal life, End quote. Treat life as a series of experiments. Quote, my recommendation is to do little tests. Try a few months of living the life you think you want, but leave yourself an exit plan, being open to the big chance that you might not like it after actually trying it. The best book about this subject is Stumbling on Happiness by Daniel Gilbert. His recommendation is to talk to a few people who are currently where you think you want to be and ask them for the pros and cons. Then trust their opinion since they're right in it, not just remembering or imagining. End quote. Even when everything is going terribly and I have no reason to be confident, I just decide to be. Quote, there's this beautiful Kurt Vonnegut quote that's just a throwaway line in the middle of one of his books that says, we are whatever we pretend to be, end quote. The most successful email Derek ever wrote. At its largest, Derek spent roughly four hours on CD Baby every six months. He had systematized everything to run without him. Derek is both successful and fulfilled because he never hesitates to challenge the status quo, to test assumptions. It doesn't have to take much, and his below email illustrates this beautifully. Enter Derek. Quote, when you make a business, you're making a little world where you control the laws. It doesn't matter how things are done everywhere else. In your little world, you can make it like it should be. When I first built CD Baby, every order had an automated email that let the customer know when the CD was actually shipped. At first, it was just the normal, your order has shipped today. Please let us know if it doesn't arrive. Thank you for your business. After a few months, that felt really incongruent with my mission to make people smile. I knew I could do better. So I took 20 minutes and wrote this goofy little thing. Your CD has been gently taken from our CD Baby shelves with sterilized, contamination-free gloves and placed onto a satin pillow. A team of 50 employees inspected your CD and polished it to make sure it was in the best possible condition before mailing. Our packing specialist from Japan lit a candle and a hush fell over the crowd as he put your CD into the finest gold-lined box that money can buy. We all had a wonderful celebration afterwards, and the whole party marched down the street to the post office where the entire town of Portland waved bon voyage to your package on its way to you in our private CD Baby jet on this day, Friday, June 6th. I hope you had a wonderful time shopping at CD Baby. We sure did. Your picture is on our wall as customer of the year. We're all exhausted, but can't wait for you to come back to Cdbaby.com. That one silly email sent out with every order has been so loved that if you search Google for private CD Baby Jet, you'll get more than 20,000 results. Each one is somebody who got the email and loved it enough to post on their website and tell all their friends. That one goofy email created thousands of new customers. When you're thinking of how to make your business bigger... It's tempting to try to think all the big thoughts, the world-changing, massive action plans. But please know that it's often the tiny details that really thrill someone enough to make them tell all their friends about you. End quote.
0: Hi all, this is Tim again. Thank you so much for listening. The full audiobook of Tools of Titans, which includes more than 100 chapters like these, can be found at audible.com Ferris. And if you like long-form interviews feel free to check out my long-form podcast, The Tim Ferriss Show, which recently crossed 500 million downloads. It can be found at tim.blog slash podcast. As a place to start, I might recommend Jamie Foxx, Elizabeth Gilbert, and Jim Collins. There are hundreds to choose from, but those are three really fun episodes to start with. And until next time, I wish you and yours all the best in these turbulent and uncertain times.
1: Please stay safe. And again, thank you for listening.